Hey everyone, what's going on? I know it's been a very long pause or break in between the release of episodes and I'm hearing quite a lot of flack for it. I've been really busy. Uh, this is not my full-time job or my full-time gig, so I have my full-time job going on. It's pretty busy right now, renovating part of our house while also preparing to move uh, back to New York City, so having to downsize where we currently live in a huge house by comparison and getting rid of all that stuff and preparing to move while renovating and my job on top of other things. So apologies, but uh, we do have some episodes banked up and we will get back to it soon. Uh, sponsors for the podcast episode imam box i look forward to my imam box every freaking month really high quality tailored and curated products in that box uh food beverages gear clothing headbands supplements stuff like that at a really good rate at a very good value and that stuff comes in i don't have to worry about it and I discover new stuff. I don't have to really like risk as much paying for to see if it's good. Go to Imam Box. That's E-M-O-M. Echo Mike Oscar Mike. Imambox.com. Use the promo code Alpha Brew. You'll see 15% on that subscription. My friends at Nova 3 Labs also sponsored this episode. I like to always say my one-two. Con- I get asked about this all the freaking time, man. Some of my buddies asked me today. My buddy was like, hey, damn, Max Adrenal, what, uh, how, how long until you feel it? I'm like, dude, um, you may just want to start taking it because once you get off of it, you're going to realize how much more stressed and wore down you feel. But I told him, I was like, I don't really know per se because I always take it with my Max Sleep as well. And that one-two combo always relates and quantifies that I can track into better sleep, better recovery, feeling better, fuller muscles. Um, and like Max Perform is like actually my new favorite pre-workout as well. And they have other ones, Max Rehab, and they have a protein as well. So go to Nova3, Nova, the number three, labs.com. Promo code Alpha Brew saves you 15% on your order. Element 26 is an up-and-coming brand selling very high quality belts, gymnastic grips, athletic tape, lifting straps, stuff like that. They've been crushing it on Amazon for a long time, and they're just starting to break into now like the whole functional fitness actual industry. And I use their belt. I use their gymnastic grips. I just did uh, grips. Wow. <laughs> I just did uh, Cindy. I PR'd Cindy for me. And I used their grips, and it was awesome the entire time. I didn't have to take them off. They stayed on. They saved my skin. I don't usually tear that much, but either way, the amount of reps I was doing, because, like, Cindy's totally my jam, bro. Um, it helped a ton, and they felt great, too. And the belt I use fairly often. They have these new lifting straps. I got to get them. They look awesome. But Element, the number 26. Promo code Alpha Brew saves you 20% on your order. And Truest Hemp, those are the guys that you, we use for our Truest Tans CBD coffee. Um, they make CBD drops. They make a CBD muscle rub. That's I don't comp like it's almost like too woo when people are like oh CBD does this and that and it's like yeah CBD on a, on a rub on your skin like will help a tweaked muscle like overnight it will reduce soreness like down to almost zero after like a hard workout that you know like i smoked my shoulders on like again cindy that next day shoulders were great it's crazy um we trust them zero percent thc so we did a cbd podcast recently listen to the difference between thc free and zero percent thc there is a difference and a lot of companies are not being as stringent as uh, others, and we trust Truest U. Um, 0% THC for anyone who gets drug tested. It will not be an issue. None of their products have any THC at all. They filter it out afterwards. 
really high quality. I think the highest quality I've ever come across for uh, CBD products and hemp products. So go to truestu.com. Use the promo code AlphaBrew. You'll save 25% plus free shipping. Our guest for this podcast is Jason McCarthy. Jason McCarthy is the founder and CEO of GORUCK. And it's interesting because, you know, we talked to some of the people who are uh, owners of companies. Very few of them have, like Jason, created a culture or a movement because of their products and their company. And GORUCK has done that. Much like CrossFit, they've created a, a really big culture with cult-like fans and followers, and they make incredibly high-quality products. But we don't just talk about that. We talk about a lot of other things that parallel and yield what Goruk has become. Things in his life, outlooks that he has on society, culture, <clears throat> certain professions and careers. It's a very good conversation. Really good guy to learn from. So, without further ado... Jason McCarthy. Good round, good round. Guys, welcome back. Rogue Invitational 2019. Sitting here, Jason McCarthy, founder of GORUCK. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> for those, for those, uh, quick background, I guess, for those who don't know who you are, who are you and what is GORUCK? Right, so, I mean, who am I is a very existential question. We'll get I'll to that later. I'll just sort of take yeah. it from, you know, was in the Army from 2003 to 2008. Yeah. Army Special Forces, Green Berets. Yep. Um, you know, I had signed up after 9-11 because of 9-11, wanted to serve my country and do something that mattered at that, that time in history. And, yeah. and got to really serve with, with within and within a great community and side by side with just great people that I'm still very much in touch with. And. And so from there, wanted to do something because I was, was getting out of the military because my wife was in the State Department. She was stationed abroad. We've been married for five years, never lived together, stuff like that. Was getting out to, to join her and had to figure out what to do with my life next and wanted to, wanted to build a bridge between the military and the civilian worlds because I was coming from the military and I was becoming a civilian and didn't really know how to do it. And that just kind of happened to accidentally start out with one bag that was GR1 okay. and sort of take the best from the military and, and build one, one piece of gear that could thrive in Baghdad or New York City. And so that took a long time. And you know, then it was it's really expensive manufacturing in the States and nobody wanted to buy it. So I didn't know anything about business or didn't know, I didn't know anything except hustle and, and <laughs> go back to my roots and do what I knew, what I'd learned in, in Special Forces. So came up with an, an event series called the Go Ruck Challenge, which was based on Special Forces training, yep. but not like boot camp, but still very challenging. And you put weight on your back, you go for a walk, it's a team event, you're led by current and former Special Forces guys, you know, so you're, you're rucking throughout. And rucking is just as simple as put weight on your back and, and do the work yep. while you're walking, right? I mean, yeah. you're like, you are just rucking and, and then uh, you end up carrying other stuff and that's just extra fun. Cool. And we've kind of built around that community at GORUCK. So yep. we do a lot of manufacturing. We, you know, we're best in class. Like our, our motto is all, always on the high ground. Yeah. And, and so, you know, excellence is our, is our calling on, on that side. And then building teams and, and challenging people through events that are led by special forces guys is, is, another another side of what we do cool where are you from originally i'm from just up the road in oh really in, uh, dayton ohio oh okay. yeah so nice. about it was an hour and 15 minutes from my dad's house to get here nice. however many feels like weeks now but however many days ago it was when, when this yeah, thing kicked off dude, it's only been like i don't know what day you got here we got here like friday like i'm i'm very glad this is a two-day event just yeah nice and simple not like a four day you know something like that because it gets yeah you know and for brutal. everybody out there it's it's not a convention because there's there's it's more entertaining than that yeah. i mean the athletes being around there's more energy yeah but you know you you see people that you've haven't seen since a while a while ago or you know you meet new people and you connect with them and you're out all night and then you're up in the morning to get back after it and yeah 
nobody's asking for any sympathy. It's just, I'm just giving people the ground truth here. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a good time, but it's, it's a lot. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. My, it's funny. Like my wife, we'd, I, we'd go to these events and she'd be like, you're going to go off for like four days and talk to all these people and have fun. And then she came with us to Wadapalooza and she was like, I'm so exhausted. This is horrible. Like you didn't, you didn't even like, we're not even brewing the coffee. Like we used to like, yep. you were, like this is like the second day. I was like, see, like, this is not, a, it's not what people think it is. Um, what, uh, what'd your parents do for a living? So I moved with my mom when my mom had me when she was 18 and okay. we moved down to Gainesville. She got a tennis scholarship down to go play for the Gators. So, wow. Awesome. So, that was that was cool. My dad has been uh, a union guy for 40 years now. He's a pressman in in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. So, um, and then my mom bounced. She was a teaching teaching tennis pro, and you know now she works at the church and she she works at the Tom Coughlin J Fund Foundation in in uh, in Jack's Beach, Florida, where where we we live. Okay. Awesome. So, um, how would you classify? how you grew up like you said your dad was a pressman would you say you grew up like middle class like blue collar um i grew up a mutt i mean there there were sort of you know by definition i mean my family and i were middle class right yeah. there was always kind of you know the rich uncle a little bit and there yep. was you know the cousins with with not so much and yeah. you know, like sort of ran the gambit and you know i i mean my more important than that was just, you know, I was always expected to do well. I was expected to study. I was expected yep. to hustle and do the work. Yep. And, and, you know, it was just the world doesn't owe you anything. You, you've got a lot going for you being in America. Yeah. Growing up here this way. And those to whom much is given, much is expected. And so that was just the ethic that I didn't know any other way. And maybe because my parents were so young my my grandparents and my uncle and uncles and aunts took a, a really vested interest in my upbringing yeah and so that 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 hugely shaped me were they all close by growing up no okay but they made the time really right? wow. i would come back to ohio every summer and both sets of grandparents and then my mom got remarried so all three sets of grandparents were here yeah. And then one of the sets of grandparents moved down to Florida where we were. And so, you know, I was just around my grandparents a lot and they were young, you know, as, as I was growing up. Yeah. So I got really close with them and, you know, they were all three of my grandpa grandfathers were sort of company men. And, you know, my grandmothers grew up in a time when it wasn't normal for women to have careers. And mm -hmm. so they didn't. And yet somehow they, they ran the house. Yeah. They were the bosses. You know, and my and, and it was as much as could be expected back then. It was a very equal relationship. You know, yes, my grandfathers went to work and my grandmothers did did other stuff. Not a, not as professional of a career yep. as we would define it now. And I was just given kind of I had good role models like that. Awesome. Are you do you have any siblings? So I have a half sister and a half brother. So okay. brother, I mean, I grew cool. up with them. They're just significantly younger. So gotcha. my sister, who she's nine years younger, my, my brother's 12 years younger. And we're, you know, we're as close now as we have ever been because they're, it's like we're on more equal terms than when I'm a teenager and they're still in diapers and stuff. Uh, yeah, know? it's a big gap. And yeah. so, yeah, like my sister's the godmother to my second son and stuff nice. like that. So cool. Um, did you play any sports or have any uh, activities? Played basketball growing up. Growing up played cool. a lot of tennis growing up. Played tennis okay. in college. Nice. And and then uh, you know transitioning tennis to special forces is not the most natural <laughs> transition, <laughs> but but did that. And so you know the the side of um, you know team sports that I saw the best of was was certainly in, in the army. Okay. Were your how were your parents? How would you define them um, in relation to? sports or endeavors like sports or were they kind of you know they were removed still attended all your events were they like um they were super involved were they almost like well my, i mean my dad my dad was still up in ohio so he never okay. he saw me play tennis a couple times but yep. not really and my mom was 10 times the athlete i was right i mean she yeah. got a full ride to one of the best tennis schools in the after she won junior nationals at sinclair community college with me as a kid yeah 
right? Which wow. is Sinclair is right outside Dayton. Yeah. Uh, you know, then then she she went to Gainesville and you know she was all SEC and team captain down there and stuff. And yeah. so you know she was uh, she went to most of my tennis stuff. There was just a lot to it, you know. Okay. And yeah, they, I mean my my mom and and then stepdad were were very much around that that stuff. Cool. Less so in the army. Right? Yeah. They, don't, they don't let them show up for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Were you were you allowed to quit tennis if you wanted to or or basketball? If it ever came up, was yeah, that I mean, it, it, this wasn't uh, something that they wanted to pay for me to do something that I wasn't going to do. I mean, okay. yeah, so th this was not really they weren't sort of your standard tennis parents by any stretch. Right. Or not standard, but they weren't your overbearing tennis parents. That, Is that pretty common in tennis? Oh, yeah. I mean, tennis as an individual sport, it, you can develop some tendencies in that where it does become all about you okay. and you know you can take it really really far and the parents are part of that ecosystem because you know you want your kid to do well and who doesn't yeah that, that's course. just part of your your life and so you want to kind of provide for them and sometimes the downside can be and this is not everyone but the downside can be that you might set someone up to be really good at tennis but at, at what cost and so yeah you know, I, I there's a right way to do that i mean being on a team playing tennis was where i always like I kind of stopped playing individual tournaments in high school and I just stopped liking them. So I stuck with team tennis at, at high school and then ended up playing in college. So I never really played individual tournaments after okay. that. And, and, uh, you know, and then the, in special forces training, there's just no tolerance for individuality, except, you know, you're allowed to be really excellent if there's an individual ruck run or ruck race or, you know, and anything like, or just a run, whatever it is, yeah. like you should, you should be in it to win it. But it's, it's not. You're expected to work with other people. Yeah, where did you? You already yearned. I mean, sounds like you just didn't want to do individual sports anymore, and you'd already yearned. That's why you moved to team tennis. You're like, I, you just saw. It. Well, I'd always done them both at the same time, but yep. it, it just was. I just gravitated toward it more. Got it. Yeah, um, I liked, I liked the guys I on the team. Gotcha. And that was fun. You sought more. These are like seeking more camaraderie and and um, yeah, exactly. Bonds. Yeah. All the reasons you play team sports. Yeah. Did you go to college first uh, before enlisting? Did you or going? Yeah, you I go graduated college May of '01. Yep. So, you know, I had September 2001 was just around just after that. I kind of didn't know what I was going to do with my life, and yep. I was in a marketing guy, and then I was a banker, and you know, was looking for other jobs in the government and eventually just needed to do what I needed to do. So yeah. What'd you graduate? What was your major in economics? Okay. Where'd you go to school? I went to Emory in Atlanta. Oh yeah. That's a great school. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, did you have any intentions of joining the military before nine eleven? Zero. Zero. Yeah. I, I probably should have. And, and this is one of the things that I'm kind of passionate about teaching other people that, I mean, the military is a, is a great, it's a great place to start a career. I mean, service is, is a higher calling even than the military because there's, there's all kinds of different service, right? So military is just part of, of that. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I just didn't know what, I mean, I, I grew up in a, a time when there wasn't really anything going on yeah. and nobody around me was joining the military. And so it was not a seamless, just wasn't on my radar. And yeah. You know, I think when you're in your 20s, you should you should hustle really hard. And I think you should put in the hours and I think you should do a lot of work because you have a lot more freedom. Yeah. And I think that you should find a, a company or even better yet, find a cause that you really believe in. And don't worry about how much they're going to pay you. Don't worry about, you know, what time you get off of work. Yep. I mean, find a really demanding job at a, with a really demanding but but respectful boss yep. that wants to mentor you like find that and do that you you have all you have the whole rest of your life to start figuring out how to how to join a rat race of money if you want to and best guess is if if you find the right program or the right place to attach yourself to you you'll probably gain some perspective in that process that will set you up better for success for the rest of your life yeah we just heard that same exact thing yesterday from Matt O'Keefe he's like Dude, you find something you're passionate in and just bug the hell out of that boss to become an intern. And 
I mean, that same parallel. I mean, do you like, let me tell you, if you're out there and you're listening, you say, I want to get it. I want to get a job. Yeah. I want to be at this place. Yeah. Right. And this is what I want to do. Well, first off, you got to learn how to hustle. So you got to know that you're going to need to hustle. If you apply for a job and it's already there, say, hey, I'll be the first person through the door and I'll be the last person to leave and you don't have to pay me. Right. If if you're if you want an internship or something like that, now you got to figure out if that means like you got to save a little bit of money or you don't have to pay me for a period of time or you can like let me you roll in and you say, let's review where I'm at in six months. You're going to find that I'm going to be the, the hardest working. I'm going to have the best attitude. I'm going to show up first. I'm going to leave last. Yep. I'm who you want on your team. I'm a team player. Like, those are the people, if you, if you give that in an interview, you're yeah. going to get the job. Now, the thing is, you have to actually do it. Yeah. And that's where talk is cheap. Nobody really, like what you say matters. And yep. your, your word is your, your reputation in the making. So you have to choose your words carefully, but if you're willing to execute on that, yeah, you will go really far at that place. And then you get your foot in the door. And once your foot's in the door, it's usually up to you to mess it up. And if you mess it up, you own it and you move on. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to leave that place. It just means, Hey, I messed up. I own this. I'm going to double yes. down and work harder next time. I learned my lesson. Here it is like manage up. Yeah. This is what I learned from this. What, what, what feedback do you have from me? Yeah. People are what, what I see is, is younger people, at least by my perception of my grandfather's generation, yeah. which is what I was kind of around a little bit more. People kind of are fearing and fearful of feedback. How did how did I do? Was I an OK partner for you? Was you know, did I meet your expectations? What feedback do you have for me? How can I get better? And if you stand up with a, with a, a, a straight back and can say that with conviction where you actually want someone to give you feedback, not just fluff or. Yeah. Because you can tell when someone's like, oh, I was great, man. Yeah. Right. That's usually someone blowing you off. Oh, yeah. If you have something in that, you know, hey, I could have done this better. You like, hey, own it. Hey, I just want you to know I saw one, two, three, four that we could have done better. What, what's your feedback on that? And do you have anything else that do you have anything else where you think we could have done better? Yeah. Like people, if you disarm people and you say, this is what I saw. What's your feedback? It opens up a gateway, social gateway for them to say, yeah, I, I did see that. Yeah. Owning your words, owning your actions. It's like, do you think how, how what would you place on priority of someone who is able that is, is seems reliable and owning their words and actions when they say they're going to do something and it actually happens being reliable um, as, as someone who runs a company, a very successful one. Um, when you're looking for interns and new employees, how do you, if you're willing to say, how do you properly vet those people? That it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. And you know, we're, we're at this stage now we've just now hired a full-time HR person. And I, I feel like there's kind of a forever HR was kind of someone that was going to be the, the party pooper. Yeah. Right. And that's not the right way to look at it. I mean, when you're first starting out, you're, you're also the HR director. Yep. I mean, you're, you're in charge of human resources. Like there is a soft truth, a special operations forces truth. Yep. Humans are more important than hardware. Yep. Like HR has this negative buzz around it. And w- what I've come to see over time is that it's, that is, I don't know how that happened. It's like somehow community service became a bad thing too. Like it's not cool. Really? Community service, it's like not that cool. Or, you know, when this is, is completely apolitical, but President Obama, when he was running, getting beat up for being a community organizer, I'm not here to say that's, that makes someone fit to be president or not. I'm just here to say providing a community service is yeah. a valuable thing, no matter what you're doing at any level. Yeah. And just like humans are more important than hardware, right? And so. Yeah. If you take that up to human resources, you say, that's really important. Empower the people you have, help them in their career progression, mentor them when you can, and find people that align with your culture when when they come in. Because you can't be a a policeman all the time. People have to want to do the job well. And at a place like Rogue, you you can see that and feel that when you're here. You see that people, they want to work until the job is done. And... 
that that's a cultural thing. That's not Bill Henniger, the owner, like just standing over people all the time. Like he's yeah. found people who have bought into that way of life. Yeah. And it's been really successful for them. And so, you know, that's is, critical. Is your plan to emplace more responsibility on your HR person than just uh, making sure complaints aren't, aren't lodged and liability is yeah, you, be more so you like have to, dictating so culture and, and yeah, having a, having a person that can field HR complaints is actually really important. Uh, yeah. Objective sure. and all of that stuff. But, yeah. but yeah, there, there's more like she is a strategic HR. She's also my wife's best friend and, and the godmother to my old, oldest son. Yeah. So we, we went to high school together. Okay. I mean, there's, there's a, we go way back and, and yeah. I don't know how you other people can replicate that because I've heard horror stories of bringing in the wrong person yeah. who was in it to do the wrong things and did want to be the complaint fairy. And that, that, that wouldn't work at go rock, right? Like yeah. we needed someone, especially at our size to help us with growth and to be strategically aligned for, for the long haul. And, and so, you know, how, the earlier question was how do you vet people coming in the door? I mean, when someone says what they're going to do, I mean, most people don't say the kinds of things that I said earlier. I'm going to work harder than anybody and all those things. And and so it, it comes down to how do you assess someone culturally? And then, you know, as you grow, it's you, you can't just hire the first person that says they can do lots of stuff. You have to hire someone with specific backgrounds that can that can build upon that. And okay. and then it just comes down to a gut feeling. Right. Do you yeah. want to work with this person? Do you like them? Just building off that sliver experience like. Yeah, I think they're good or no. I think a lot of it, like we said, like that, that new HR person, I think we see a lot of it where it's like, they've already been vetted. You know, you know, her. it's the godmother of your child. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, you know, and then she them. was, she was in another job for years and Emily kind of my wife. So like, cause Emily was kind of doing HR for us internally part time, but she also had other roles and responsibilities. She has up our women's division now. So, mm -hmm. you know, which as of January 1st, right specific specifically her but bringing on monica freed up her time but emily worked on Moni for two years planting a seed and bringing her just hey this is going on at go rock just keeping her in the loop and seeing what was going on and then something happened to change the Moni's company and it just made sense and she's right here with us in in jacksonville yeah. so it it made perfect it made sense. perfect sense yeah. right our kids hang out together and stuff like that it's yeah so that that's kind of a dream transition you don't always get that, but we don't have that for the other positions. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the, those those don't happen every day. Yeah. When you got out of the army, the GR one was that. What was like the the catalyst for that? Yeah. So I was uh, I was at my wife's house in Abidjan, Cote d'Ivoire, which in what is is in West Africa, okay. and I had taken some of my old special forces rucks and made her a go bag or a go ruck is what we would call it you know and, and in iraq we would put our, our go rucks or go bags yep because it wasn't an official go ruck rucksack then it was just yeah. a go bag yep and we put them in the trunk of the humvee and had extra stuff that we would need in case our vehicle was disabled and we had to fight right so and you can also do that on dismounted patrols you have extra stuff you know whether it's water or ammunition or explosives or zip ties or you just yep. i mean there's there's stuff that you need to carry yeah. in that kind of a situation well i had made one tailored for her in west africa because that's nice. they love a good coup in africa from oh, time yeah, to time yeah, you know yeah. so so I put and just said hey put this in the trunk of your of your car and just keep it there yep. and so she did and built it for her and showed some other people at the embassy they wanted me to build some for them as well and okay i was there i mean i'm green berets army special forces were, were natural or trained teachers and educators. We, yep. we train foreign fighters and we work by, with, and through them. It's not just get on the helicopter and fly to the objective by your, yourself with your own team and, and then come back. We're, we're yeah. working with, with the locals yeah. and we take a lot of pride in our ability to do that really well. And so, you know, the embassy folks, like I, those people are serving America. I want them to be as safe and successful yeah. as possible. I made some for her colleagues and you know, I made one for her at home and you know, was trying to figure out what I should do with my life when I came back to, to West Africa because I was on leave at that point. And she's like, Jace, you should do the go ruck thing. So this girl that I loved since the first time I saw her when I was 15, you know, and then there we are in her, her 
diplomatic housing in West Africa. And then that, that launched a new chapter in our, in our lives. Wow. Um, was what so was, building the rucks in West Africa yeah. w- was not, you know, that, that business model was not scalable, but the, you know, the idea for what that would be, you know, taking the special forces way of life and applying it to, yeah. to my way of life now, which was not in special forces, building that bridge became what, what that experience was, what was all about. Did you, are you saying that you just built, you just took a bag and made yeah. it a go bag. You put all the necessary items in there, like that wad of cash, the, the, like the knife act, stuff like that. Yeah, or you sure, actually, batteries and yeah. some water and some, you know, emergency radios and yep. stuff like, like tennis shoes, because, you know, she's over there and she's going to meetings, but she doesn't always have tennis shoes on. And yep. if something happens and you need to run, you, it's like, those are the lessons of nine 11 too, right? I had some friends who were, you know, in the towers or close to the towers and they ended up on their feet all day. And some of my, uh, to my female friends, you know, they had heels on. Yeah. Like that's, that's not a, that's not ideal. So, yeah. you know, then you had, you had people that were in you know, the financial industries. They, they started keeping a pair of tennis shoes in their desk yeah. in lower Manhattan. And so, wow. you know, how do you adapt that? It's a thinking man's game. So how do you adapt what you might need with what you can carry yeah. or what you can have with you? And then you have to be able to carry it. And yeah. you, know, you need, but if it's nighttime, you need a flashlight. Well, guess what? Then you need batteries and, yep. you know, just stuff like that. You know, a little bit of food, I guess. I mean, you can usually scrounge for food, but, you know, you need a little bit of water. And I mean, it's just what what are what are you willing to invest in the mindset or in the gear that you have or in, you know, just being physically fit in order to, to have that with you? And, you know, I'm not here sitting saying doomsday is coming. I'm just saying yeah. some preparation, yep. the 80% solution is worth a lot. Yeah. We just, yeah, we, we, this comes up all the time. Like we just had Logan on, you know, and he had a boating accident and he ended up losing his arm. But luckily his dad somehow put a, a made a tourniquet out of a t-shirt and it worked. And I was like, wow, that's, that's impressive that he was able to do that. He saved his life. But like, you know, most people, and then they're like, yeah, we didn't know which hospital to go to. We didn't have this, you know, these I called 911 is not good enough anymore, people. Yeah. Right. I've got my phone. I'm going to call 911. I mean, not good enough. Right. There are there are so many things that we have learned and that have that have made us smarter. I mean, tourniquets being a very, very simple one to apply, like the first thing you do is turn pressure and tourniquet. And they're not expensive now. They know like they're so like, you know, every every my cars have them. The house has them like. It's so, and they're easy to use, you know? It's like, yeah, we don't want to drive fear into people ever, but man, like, that's a pretty low barrier to entry for preparation, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a bridge too far when people, you know, they've got, you know, 3,000 square feet of basement full of, you know, 10,000 rounds of ammunition and, yeah. and you know, a, a year's worth of food and, yep. you know, whatever their spring water they're storing down. I mean, it's yeah. a bridge too far, right? I mean, we're, people are out there earning an honest day's, honest day's wages for an honest day's work and you come home and you you got family time and you got all these things that are normal in your life i got all that stuff too guess what right yeah and you know it's like it's just you can't expect everybody out there to dedicate their lives to prepping for for the end yeah but there are very there are very easy enough things low barriers to entry to being more ready one of them is being physically fit or more so can you like if, you know, the zombies start coming, can you, how will you be for a few miles? How yeah. will you be, you know, if you have to sleep under a bridge, how, like, will you have the mindset where that's okay with you? Yeah. You know, are you willing to do that kind of stuff? I mean, you get separated from your house and your, you know, your situation we've thought about and run through the scenarios is when the hurricanes start coming to Florida, you have a lot of time to evacuate. But yeah. so does everybody else. So everybody gets on the road. Everybody's high stress. Yeah, right? yeah. What happens when your vehicle gets disabled on I-10 and all of a sudden all the hotels are booked up and yeah. all of a sudden, like, you know, people are getting upset and there's fuel shortages. There's no gas. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. If you don't have that framework of like the next the next gas station we ran out, next gas station is four miles like. Know that framework when was the last time you even walked four miles let alone had to carry two gas and cans. it's hot out and yeah you know and like by the way if i see you out there come find me we'll, like we'll talk about it we'll, i'll help you yeah or whatever but you know 
Like, and, and there are a ton of great people out there that will help you. Yeah. But you can also be the kind of person who will help others. Yep. And, and that's the calling that really speaks to me. And I think when we start to view it like that, it speaks to a lot of other people. I mean, everybody wants to help their family. Everybody yeah. wants to help their neighbor. But you can help even more people out there. Yeah. And that's really rewarding. Is that, is that one of the main reasons for the GORUCK events? I mean, it's very empowering, like you just said, to have, you know, I imagine there's a lot of, of the population who are just regular civilians. And that's like super empowering. People are like, dude, I just rocked like 12 miles with a 30 pound bag or even heavier all at different distances that they would have never have done. And to be able to know that they can do that and, you know, not go without a lot of sleep and um, stuff like that. Yeah, so confidence is a big thing. Empowerment is a big thing for us. Yeah. And, you know, here's, the, here's the, the dirty little secret is when someone's selling you the idea that, hey, read a book and you'll be a great leader, like read a book on Lincoln and you'll be Lincoln. I'm here to tell you that's not how it works. Right? <laughs> read a book on fitness, right? You're not and, and be fit, fit by doing that. You have to live it, yep. right? And so confidence is, confidence is earned. It's earned a step at a time. You, you do something that is a challenge for you, and you do that repeatedly. You keep raising the bar. You try something new. Yep. You, you, you become a little bit more adaptable. You raise the bar a little bit more. You try something a little bit harder. You do that. You get more confident. You, and, and in that process of challenging yourself, you learn about yourself. Yeah. You learn how your body is going to perform. You learn how your mind's going to perform. You learn when... You start to say, look, this might be, I don't feel good about this. Now, why don't you feel good about it? Is it because you're scared? Is it because you're afraid of failing? Is it because I'm not here to sit and say you need a motivational coach to scream at you all the time? Yeah. That, that doesn't work either. You have to learn to anticipate your own feelings. Yeah. And coaches and teams are, are really supportive to get you over hurdles. But ultimately, you have to learn how to express what's going on in your own head. And then you have to learn how to conquer the demons because we all have them. You, you face something and you're like, man, I'm, that's not going to be easy. I'm going to have to work for that. And you have to keep finding those things in your life and you have to keep training for them and see how you see how you fare. And what's the worst thing that happens? You fail, pick yourself back up. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of value in that. If you've never if you've never failed miserably, you've never pushed hard enough. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because you learn so much from those. Like, yeah. you just want to fail fast. You know, don't keep going. If, if you're stuck in a, like, if you're stuck in an abusive relationship, get out. Yeah. If people treat you poorly, leave them. Yeah. Get out of that circle, right? Go into a, a circle that is more supportive. Learn how to find someone who, who loves you for you who also wants you to be better though, right? Like Emily makes me a better person. It's not easy. There's nothing easy about our lives. Like there's no, nothing easy about anybody's life. Yeah. Nobody has the perfect Instagram feed of a life. <laughs> Everybody wants to portray that it though, It doesn't man. exist and everybody knows it, right? Yeah. We just have to keep reminding ourselves like life, it's hard. We have, our kids are seven, four and two. They are a handful, Wow. a handful, you know? Yeah, and oh, we're, yeah. You know, there's times she's gone. I'm usually gone more. And it's just it's like I want to be able to be there. She's, you know, and I'm just not. And she's got to deal with the kids and, and vice versa. Is she still with the Department of State or? Sorry. Sorry. Your wife worked for the State Department. Yeah, she was a she was okay. a diplomat for the State Department okay. while I was a Green Beret. OK. And it was, uh, you know, she's more accomplished than I am. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, you know, it's it's. um. You know, and she makes me a better person. Like, it's a good environment that we have, and it's a good yeah. environment for our kids, and our friends are a good environment. We surround ourselves with that, and, and we try to be really good to the people who are around us. And like, hey, let's go do this, or hey, let's go do that. And those yeah. are the people that we want to spend time with. And, yeah. and you know, we're <laughs> our friends, like, we see their kids. They see our kids. They see what a what a pile of chaos Saturdays and Sundays are. And by Sunday night, it's like, oh my God, I cannot wait for Monday, right? Yeah. Mondays are just the most awesome thing ever because it's like, I get to go to work, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I just got to go to work and my kids aren't around. And, and, you know, I love my kids, but by, 
full weekend. Sometimes it's a long weekend. I mean, yeah. schools these days, God bless teachers, first off. Seriously. But, man, te- schools love to pop up some some mystery holidays. A lot of holidays, a lot man. Of hol- I'm a lot dealing of with that right now. Teacher days and all this stuff. And, again, my sister's a, a inner-city D.C. public school teacher. God yeah. bless teachers, yeah. right? I would rather go be a Green Beret in a war zone than – like I'm more suited for that than for being a teacher in and yeah. what she does. In, but man, they they love those teacher planning days and stuff. It's like those training days. What, yeah. Like, what are what what are parents supposed to do? And it usually rolls downhill to the moms. Yeah. Right. And and it's just kind of, you know, it just kind of makes you wonder: Is there a better way for us to do this in terms of how that works? And Em and I, we we do our best to have a division of labor and. Yep. fair as much as possible but usually yep. it ends up being she takes a hit a little more than, than yeah. i do and you know like that's the nature of the beast that's a conversation that we have to work out, out amongst ourselves but but bottom line is surround yourself with with good people and and keep pushing them and let them push you back and do cool stuff and yeah what, what you realize is you wake up one day and you've got a lot more confidence you're a lot happier with the friends that you're around and and that's been one of the best things about the CrossFit community that I see, it's always been the community at the box level. Yeah. And there's a great one that's close to uh, us. It's, it's CrossFit Black Hive. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's just a great community of people that do a lot of things at the box and they push each other. And then outside of the box, they, you know, they're out on the town doing, doing fun stuff. They're doing other, you know, they do go ruck events. They do yeah. mud run type stuff. They do other stuff together and they yeah. just enjoy the community element. And, that has been a somewhat fractured part of our society recently. I mean, major community centers used to be things like the unions and the churches and, and the, the, the neighborhoods, the neighborhood structure, and yep. we're losing that. And so it's important. And I, I don't say that with like some, oh, the good old days and just yeah, pure yeah. nostalgia. And I'm not here to wax poetic or sing a, you know, you don't need to pull out the violin. Yep. My point is, is that we as human beings are social creatures yeah, and we, we need to become and, and find that within ourselves. Yeah. And so we need to find outlets that allow us to be part of communities yep. that are supportive of us, that yeah. we also support. And, and CrossFit represents that for, for millions of people. And I think that that's the best. That to me is the best part of it. Fitness is is hugely foundational it's it's what crossfit is but as far as outcomes go a community that will support each other on a daily basis yeah that's that's the best part about it getting your body a little healthier is 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 just even a bonus on top of that yeah i was gonna say i don't know how you mean i have one kid he's two and a half and yeah we're in a very similar situation i travel a lot and she's traveling too and it's really hard. We don't have, we don't have family here, so like raising a raising one kid, let alone three, I can't imagine. Because yeah, it's very hard to discern. Like, all right, who's gonna watch? Are you watching him? Am I watching him? If if neither of us are around, we gotta get a babysitter. Those fall through all the time. And our box, our CrossFit gym, is our is really our family. We don't have any family nearby. And my friend, Adrian, I think he has a great like story. He's like, what drew me to CrossFit was I dropped into a gym, and I had people I had never met before cheering me on and giving me encouragement in a workout and he's like where else would you see that you're not gonna see that in a regular gym um i imagine you know and that's pretty much the same kind of camaraderie you're gonna see in a go-ruck event right? yeah i mean we, we come from the special forces way of life right yeah. i mean Teams. a small team yep of, of special forces guys and a team yep is i mean that's that's what it is it's camaraderie yeah. at, at every i mean you've got their back literally and, and they've got yours and so you know, GORUCK is just a built on that. Yeah. And so the crossovers with CrossFit and, yeah. and that community are, it's such a seamless transition. I mean, and then you get into the, the physical side. Hey, rucking is the foundation of special forces training. Yeah. You put some weight on your back and you move the weight. I mean, yeah. just do the work, right? Yeah. You say it like that, CrossFitters like, hmm, okay, I get it, right? Yeah. That's, that's pretty simple. I think CrossFit needs more of it, man. We don't do a lot of stuff for traveling across actual distances. Like we'll get on this bike right here or the ski are like, yeah, we're, we're moving, but like, we're not actually moving across like actual physical landscape. And uh, there's a convenience to there is stationary stuff in a box. I, I get that. It's still, I mean, I don't care what the weather is. There's, there's, 
a lot of value for your brain to be outside. Oh yeah. Go outside with somebody else. Yeah. Embrace the suck. Yep. What, whatever the temperature, whatever the conditions, go out and embrace the suck. And the more you do that, the more the rest of your life seems easier. Yeah. And it, you're, it's not easier, by the way. It just seems easier yeah. because your mindset, your attitude adapts to it. And I think that that's a powerful message within within CrossFit is just there, there's ways to do that, right? Yeah. I mean, you just you train your you train your mind and your body's along for the ride. Yeah. It's, it's pushing you physically, but your your mind is where it's at. Yeah. Do you? What are your thoughts? I'm asking you on this. What are your thoughts on not necessarily military service, mandatory service of some sort, whether it be like civil or or military in America? I mean, I would be. So whether or not it's it's mandatory or not, yeah, I, I think we can have a little bit more inspiration to service, right? That's a good I mean, point, yeah. well, where, where's the the John F. Kennedy message anymore? Not right. I mean, now it's it's just being kind of lost. And yeah. so it doesn't I mean, the fact that we're at the point where we're coming back to should we force civil service or yeah. or military service? I think we can build out the infrastructure to to get more people into yeah. service oriented positions, especially when they're young by just inspiring them to do that. And I think that America, by the way, is doing a good job of, of rewarding service, especially at the military level. I think that we're less good about it when it comes to teachers and policemen and yeah, firemen and EMS and all of those people who are out there busting it. And, yeah. and you know, I'm coming from a background in the army at a time of, of, our nation's history when it was it was a real challenge on my family that I was in going yeah. to war you don't go by yourself yeah and it's not just with the guys you're going with your, your family Bring goes everyone. with you their yeah. hearts go with you and the support of the American people meant so much to all of us and so you know we've come a long way since Vietnam in, in that regard and yet we need to figure out how to elevate other people who are who are in industries of service to yeah. our kids i mean what's yeah. more what's more important than our children and when Dude. you say teachers will spend so much time they'll spend more time with your kids than you will yeah. in their youth if yep. you add up all the, the oh, teachers yeah. and like let's glorify them let's glorify yeah. police policemen and yeah. firefighters and yeah when something happens that's bad that yeah. that uh a police officer goes over the line or whatever like yeah. that's the exception not the rule just 100%. just as it is in yeah. the military and yeah you know, and who does that really who does that fall back, back on though who does that fall back on when, a, when an officer makes a mistake does it fall back on the officer does it fall back on the the lack of training and funding that the officer got like i mean the people yeah it's it's, it's it's deeper than just that person made that mistake it's like well i mean that person did what they thought was best based on their training and they don't have a whole lot of it armchair I mean, quarterbacking is very easy right is, i mean yeah. when when you're in a situation and it's split second people don't realize to, that sometimes you make a bad decision and unfortunately you have to live with that for the rest of your life and it, it impacts other people's lives and it's like what you just said like that job you you have the power to take away someone's freedom if not their life. They they need to be rewarded far more than that. Like we have, and we have a teacher that she had to quit because she has uh you know she had you know health issues going on. And I like wrote her an email and I was like, you've literally helped raise our son. Like thank you for helping to raise our son and be there when we have to go to work. Like dude, that job is so fucking important. Like thank you, thank you for what you guys do. You literally are a, a parent to my kid. And and then, you know, these teachers, all of them don't make that, that great of money. And that job is, like, looked down upon. I know this. Like, that job is, is poo-pooed upon by a lot of people. Like, oh, it's just a teacher. You're just a teacher. Like, that's the, like you said, the future of our country and our children. They're in teachers' hands. So, look, there's a lot of people that are out yeah. there. And so uh, let's just – what we can do is in, in our lives – like in the communities that we're a part of, yeah. we can impact those people and we can we can honor service. Yeah. And so that's that's important to me. That's a really good point. Yeah, instead of instead of actually going from a from a uh, like it should be mandatory to like, yeah, let's let these kids need to know and they need to like, you know, see the perspective is is honoring it more, making it more appealing. That's a great point. Um we're at a we like I'm sure you you're very familiar, like the military and soft is hurting because like 
you know, we're not getting enough qualified applicants. They're not in shape. They're not qualified to do that stuff. And now with the average lifespan of a, of a job in the civilian sector, is like three years. We can't get people to sign up for commitments of four to six years or to re-up. It's like, man, this is becoming... Yeah, I a take a different approach on the whole the Army and special operations can't get enough fit Americans. and like, That's fine, but you've got to inspire people. You can't just... If, if all you're doing is pushing college money, I, I, I don't support that. Yeah. I'm fine if that's part of it. Yep. And I'm not here to say that the economics shouldn't be part of it. Yep. I'm just here to say that's not the message we should be leading with. What would you do differently? I mean, serve your country. Serve your country. You don't owe your country nothing. And in fact, you owe a lot more than that. And, yeah. and this, is a, this is a very honorable place to begin the rest of your life. Now, yeah. Once you have served your country, nobody will ever be able to take that back from you. Yep. They'll never be able to take that away from you. And the perspective that you get is is invaluable. So you want to say, what does being in the army have to do with spreadsheets and managing a business? Nothing. But it's it's everything that I am. My only real job out of college was in the army. Yeah. Right. And and so. You know, it's, it's a mindset and it's just a way of life that you learn when you're more adaptable in your career is being a part of something and serving something and seeing how that feels inside. And yeah. service inspires more service. It's interesting. I mean, I think now more than ever, it's, it's great too, but we're, we're in this age of um, a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs. They want to work for themselves and it's all individual based and maybe it needs to swing more toward being part of something bigger, being on a team, depending on those people, they depend on you contributing. We got to find cause. it somewhere. Yeah. I mean, if, if I don't think it's hugely sustainable to hate your job, but love your gym, right? Oh, I hate my job, but I'm, but I do mud runs on the weekend. I mean, yeah. that's not people. That's not good enough. It's not right. Yeah. F surround yourself with people that you want to be around, be the person at work who inspires people to go do a little bit more. If, if, you can find a small crew within your office. Like, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying you're going to be CEO overnight that can just change your, your office culture, but you can yeah. start with a person that, that uh, works across the way from you. Ask them how they're doing sometime. Hey, how's your family? Yeah. Right? You know, what do you like to do? Stuff, I mean, these are simple things that we can do, and we can make our lives a little bit better and enrich the lives of the people around us and, and, and strengthen the communities that we're a part of wherever we are. Yeah. And the more that more of us do that and start to approach life like that, like be the change, you know, Gandhi, right? Be yeah. the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. It's real simple. You just got to do it. Yeah. Do you think I got to imagine the effect that go rock events have on people, empowering them to, you know, honor their actions, honor their words, and do a little bit more, embrace that suck. Like if you can rock 20 miles with a 30 pound bag, you can work an extra hour. At yeah, work everybody said they work. were gonna show up and then they did. Yeah. And so your words, your bond now, might, yeah. as well, might as well just keep going. Yeah. You know, and you show people that it's not about you. Yeah. And that's not a very sexy thing for most people because yeah. everyone wants their selfie sticks and stuff. And yeah, I take selfies. Go look at my, <laughs> go look at my, I got pictures with my kids and all of that yeah, stuff. Of and it, that stuff's fun, right? Yeah. But deep down, this is not about you. Yeah. Like take, take the feeling that you have for your family and realize that family, family, family are your three priorities in life. But just spread that feeling out just a little bit more. Yeah. And watch what happens. Yeah. So you have, uh, you said seven, four, and two. Yeah. Right. Right. Are your kid, is this, yeah, is, is the seven-year-old playing sports? Natalie yeah. is our artist in the crew. Okay. She, cool. She's super coordinated, yep. and she would be a great athlete, just doesn't have a lot of interest. And, okay. you know, but she loves drawing and art and piano yep. and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, our job is for her to have a happy life yep. and to set her up for success and to – empower her to do the kinds of things that she's going to be good at and wants to do and, and inspire passion in her. And so, you know, that's what she wants to do. And we're really proud of her as parents. Um, and maybe it'll be uh, something later. Um, will you still encourage force, not force at all her 
or any of your kids, they don't want to play sports. They want to be like super, super active and stuff. Will you still kind of try to create a culture within them to be active physically? Yeah. So I think that the short answer is yes, absolutely. I think especially with women and, and this is just, these are the things that Emily has taught me yeah. along the way, you know, women need women, especially yep. need to, to be physically active at a young age mm -hmm. because they need to, they need to see their body performing like in, in a healthy environment that is, that is empowering for them. And yes. so yeah. we see Tia out there, my favorite moment at, at these, this, at the rogue invitational was when, when Tia won the, the go ruck, um, the go ruck individual portion and just seeing how well she managed and in all of the girls, but she just happened to win, right? Yep. The manage the weight and just performing. And yeah. it was just a collision of worlds for me because I, I grew up in my training and it was full of type A alpha males going through special forces training and just factually women were not allowed in it. And yeah. so, you know, that was not part of my training. Team sports are segregated, you know, growing up for the most part. And so to see the amount of work that those women were doing out there and just their attitude towards doing it and just how empowered that they looked as they were doing it. And, and I, I was just really, I mean, I was taken aback and, you know, my, our daughter, Natalie, is not going to be into CrossFit. It's not going to be her thing. Right. Yeah. And yet there's so many, so many women out there that, you know, Emily's just, she's like, look, you don't want girls to grow up thinking that airbrushed photos on Instagram yeah. is what pretty is, yep. or that's what is, that's what beauty is. And, you know, yeah. people got their perfect travel Instagram feeds with their, you know, their whatevers and, you know, they're in whatever luxury, luxurious vacations all like, can you actually pick up your own suitcase? Like put it on, can you carry it? I mean, yeah. things like that. Can you do work? Yeah. And, and when you start to see women who are out there doing work, the way that this community embraces, yeah. that yes. is, that is hugely, hugely inspirational. And I think it's just a great example. And so that's, that was my favorite moment. Like, no close second yeah it's i love this community and how they empower they reframe the culture of what women um should be capable of and what they can do and and they smile yeah by the way they, they're out there smiling yeah and it's and insane it's, yeah it's their, awesome their capacities but where can uh where can people find you on well on we're Instagram. at goruck.com yep there's uh, a lot of gear and apparel and footwear and all that stuff that yeah. we build, but really but high quality stuff, by the way, if you haven't heard of go Ruck, like it is lifetime guarantee. And, yeah, exactly. you know, it's like we, we spare no, we spare no expense in the making of, yeah. of anything that we do. And we test it to the max with all sorts of crazy stuff, but yeah. the community and, and the rucking events and the local ruck clubs, we have about 300 official go ruck cl clubs around the country and the world yep. where people just get together and put some weight on their back and go for, go for a walk. It's called rocking. Yep. And some of them double as, as CrossFit boxes and stuff like that. So awesome. it's cool. You know, you can, yeah. you can find us on, on the sidewalks and in the airports and all over the place, all nice. over the place worldwide. Awesome, man. Thank you for your time. I know you're going to get back to it. I appreciate it very much. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Pleasure to be on guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. That was awesome. I, it's funny. It got put together like very last minute. We were together at Rogue, the Invitational, and I was like, "Hey, you want to do a podcast together? Um, love to interview you." And it, he was instantly willing. Guy was super nice, on and off recording. Look forward to seeing him and his whole crew. These guys were awesome, man. We hung out with them all weekend. Super good dudes. But I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, if you did, found any value in that, I know it's be a bit uh, a big ask dude give us a rating and a review on itunes because that's the only that's the best way to spread the word on top of obviously telling telling some friends and um obviously we're a sponsor because it's our podcast but if you haven't had our coffee yet uh sign up for a newsletter check out one of our sales that we often do try out our coffee we make i think we make some of the highest quality coffee out there and then we also combine it with those nootropics or that cbd 
and we're just adding an edge to coffee to make coffee better, right? So check us out, follow us on Instagram. Thank you to anyone who already does support us in any way by following us, liking our content, sharing our content, you know, using our products, wearing our apparel. Thank you guys so much. Have a good week. See ya.